Hello again. It's good to see you went too sick of me. You came back out. Um, tonight we're talking about what I've called aligning conversations. So you'll often see these kind of conversations referred to as courageous conversations or difficult conversations or challenging conversations. But the reason I've called them aligning conversations is because I think it's more useful to think about what's the purpose of having conversations that might be challenging or courageous or difficult. The purpose is to bring alignment, to bring things into their right order. So we've been hearing quite a lot about alignment and about discipleship recently, particularly through the fivefold series that we've been hearing on Sunday nights. And one of the key things that I've heard through that series, and this is the first line in here, is that we all have a role in both being discipled and discipling others. And the next bit we've got here says, we'll all be called to show leadership at times by having aligning conversations. Conversations that seek to bring to light or challenge behaviour that is not consistent with the maturing process. This behaviour will be harming the person's growth and may also be impacting more widely on the body. So have we got that on there? I've got different notes to you guys. So I think the the key... Are we all right? Do I need to read that again? Yeah. Right. So both or... Both of them? Start from the beginning? Yeah. So, first one, we've been hearing, particularly through the fivefold series on the pastor, about how we all have a role in both being discipled and discipling others. We will all be called to show leadership at times by having aligning conversations. Conversations that seek to bring to light or challenge behaviour that is not consistent with the maturing process. This behaviour will be harming the person's growth and may also be impacting more widely on the body. Um, so I think the point here is that um, part of leadership is having challenging conversations and we're all called to lead in different measures and at different times. Um, so in my world, um, I think generally actually, if there's no conflict, if you're never working in conflict, then you're not leading because leading involves bringing about change, which involves resistance or conflict at times. If you're always in conflict, <laughs> then you might have to ask yourself a different set of questions. <laughs> but it's kind of a balance here. Where am I? Sorry, I've lost my train of thought a little bit. Um, So this next um, bullet point here, these conversations are not the sole domain of those informal leadership roles. We will all be called to be on the giving and receiving end of these conversations at times. It's important for our growth that we are willing to engage in this on both sides so that we're willing to be aligned and to align others. And I think um, this can be in the big and the small, and we're going to talk a bit more in a minute about how to do this, but 
I wouldn't underestimate that sometimes things that look really little on the surface and that you think, oh, it doesn't really matter, I'm just going to leave that, actually um, in the spirit can be quite big and can have quite profound impacts. And likewise, things that look to us really, really big and like they must urgently be addressed sometimes actually look different in the spirit too. So I think it's about don't judge with your own eyes how big or small something is. Um, just be prepared to to bring it if that's what you're being asked to do. So this next section is called the posture from which aligning conversations must come. And there's basically two things here which I'm saying are always is in terms of these conversations. Almost everything else I say tonight is a, a guideline, uh, something to think about, a uh, maybe. But these two are the always is, I would contend. So the first one is be led by the Holy Spirit on what, when and how to have these conversations. And this isn't just between us. So this is we have to have difficult conversations in our work lives, in our family lives, in sports clubs. Holy Spirit's our teacher there too. Um, so my counsel would be listen to him in those contexts too, about the what, when and the how. And then just because you can see an issue doesn't necessarily mean that it's right for you to raise it. And likewise, being uncomfortable about raising it doesn't necessarily mean it's right not to. So this is the, the Holy Spirit has a timing around this stuff and he's reasonably specific about who, what, how often. So don't let your own feelings about I really have to say this or I really don't want to guide you. Um, typically, like I'd probably tend naturally to be more on the avoid uncomfortableness if I can side of things. Um, but I've had some experiences where I've somebody said something that I've really, really felt needed to be addressed and come down really firmly, nope, that's not it, no, no, no. And I've heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Joe, that was raining down fire on my people. You know, like that was not, that might be true, but I wasn't asking you to say it, and I certainly wasn't asking you to say it like that. So I think that's just an example of how even those of us who typically will avoid conflict can go the other way on this stuff. And the reason why that was raining down fire <laughs> is because number two on our list here wasn't present. So the motivation must always be the Father's love for the person and the wider body or group. And I think it's, um, when he's talking to you about these conversations, it's, it's interesting to try and get his sight on that because sometimes, again, something that might not look like a big deal might actually be having some quite big ripple effects on others. And so just being um, sensitive and aware that um, actually for all of us, our behaviour is always having impacts on others, but sometimes why it needs to be addressed quickly is because of the, the flow-on effect if it isn't. So this last little bit of that, number two, is where to speak the truth in love. Now this, like, just as I've been preparing this, this truth in love has kind of had this new perspective on it. So I'd, I knew those words, and you know, you hear them a lot, um, but in my mind I had this model that there was, it was like there was a continuum where you had truth on one end and love on the other end, and speaking the truth in love was kind of like this midpoint it was like a truth and love point. 
So don't be too, you know, just truth is that kind of I'm right, I'm going to say it, I'm right. And the love was the kind of the place where, the kind of soft and cuddly place where you might tend to be a bit soft and not tell the full truth. And so the plumb line was in the middle of those. But the Lord's like, it's not truth and love, it's truth in love. And I was like, whoa, that's a different thing because when something's in something else, it moves with it and it comes, the truth can't come out but through the love. So you see how it's a different, it's a place of immersion in. And then I was like, oh, did I just make that up? But there's a few scriptures here where there's this, <laughs> which we're going to go through, which are the, where he talks about this, so he talks about truth in love. He also talks about clothing yourself in. It's that same concept of covered in, nothing can come out but through the substance of love. So um, the truth in love comes in the Ephesians 4 scripture. I've actually cut that in a bit of a funny place where I have. But what it says is basically that as we mature and as we um, speak the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And then that lovely bit again about from him, Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So again, each part building itself up in love. So in terms of, um, given that we're not yet all fully perfected in love, um, I think scriptures like 1 Corinthians 13, the good old love scriptures, are good places to check your heart when you're going into these kind of conversations and just think, am I acting out of the opposite of any of these? So love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes and perseveres. Always perseveres. Um, so again, it's that thing of this, you know, when he's rebuked me for raining down fire, it's been because I've been frustrated you know, I've been sick of the same thing going on and so I've just put a line in the sand. But my motivation, although I cared about the person, my motivation was I was acting out of my own frustration. So good scripture to check our hearts on. And again, this um, beautiful Colossians 3 scripture. Um, the thing that I thought was interesting about this um, is it's one of the scriptures that says we all do have a role in providing these um aligning conversations at times. So verse 16 makes it clear. This is the little um, fill-in right at the very end. Verse 16 makes it clear that there is a role for us all in teaching and admonishing, admonishing one another. And the, um, the dictionary definition of admonish is to caution, advise, counsel against something. Reprove or scold, especially in a mild and good-willed manner. So we're all to be doing this, but um, if you look at what that's preceded by, again, it's the posture we are to have to each other as the people of God. So therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. 
So again, it's this truth in love place. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God, to God the Father through him. So again, you see that pattern? Children of God, um, clothe yourselves in love, humility, patience. Sometimes you have to have these difficult conversations, but do it from that posture. Um, yeah, um, want to emphasize that that doesn't, again, we have to have this accurate understanding of what love is and what humility is. Um, so this isn't like necessarily always a soft and cuddly kind of, hey, you know, just noticed this thing and I wondered if you'd mind. Like sometimes it is, and we're going to talk a bit about the different modes here. But sometimes these conversations are this far and no further conversations. You know, sometimes there's something really um, damaging going on, and particularly if it's, or in my experience, particularly if it's damaging for the whole. So whether that's in a workplace or a team or here, where there's something where actually the behaviour is not good for the person and their maturity, but where it's actually affecting the whole, then speaking the truth in love doesn't, always look soft. So I wouldn't want you to go away thinking that. I mean, um, I imagine that when um, Paul rebuked Peter when he thought that he was returning to being under the law, that was probably not a particularly subtle conversation, although we don't see it. Um, this is why being led by the Spirit is important, I think, as to how to bring things. So those are the alwayses. Be led by the Holy Spirit. Motivation must be love for the person and others. Now on the next page we're going to talk a little bit about some of the how. So the first line says, while the posture will always be the same, as we've talked about, the how will vary. So we need to be fully reliant on the Holy Spirit and not respond in the way that seems right to us. And as I've said, that can be not addressing something that he's wanting addressed or that can be speaking into something that he's saying, not now or not you or not like that. <laughs> so we need to listen. Sometimes sharing a testimony from our own lives or asking a powerful question will be the way to unlock the issue. So I've seen this, both of these, lots of times, but even... Recently in our discipleship group, I've seen examples where someone's just, well not just, it's never just sharing about what God's doing in their life, but someone's been sharing about what the Lord's doing in their life. And someone else in the group has gone, oh my goodness, that's just helped me see something in my life. And my natural mind can't see how that link's been made because it's not a link of the mind, it's something that the Holy Spirit's done. Um, so that's why it's so important that we do um, share and encourage each other with what he's done in our lives, whether it's the um, completed work or whether it's 
partially the way through because there's power in that too. Um, and the same with a powerful question. Like the, the number of times I've been in conversations with people and there's just been this nagging question in my mind that doesn't seem even related to the conversation, sometimes seems weird or like, you know, the kind of questions you're like, I'm not asking that in this conversation. <laughs> um, but actually it's unlocked because the person's been talking about an issue, you know, they might be talking about an issue in their workplace and the question might be um, something about their childhood or, you know, some strange thing, but, you know, if it's... If it's strange, then it's probably the Holy Spirit, <laughs> in my experience. Um, so that is still being courageous, right? That is still being part of someone else's aligning process to just be able to humbly ask those questions and um, see what happens from there. The next bit says, um, if you sense to raise the issue directly... Some guidelines are. So the first one is words matter. So speak to the behaviour and its impact and not to the person's identity. Um, so this, I shared a, a bit about this on Sunday, about how we can quite innocently make a statement about you are, you should be, um, that can actually wound the heart quite deeply. And, you know, the Lord can deal with that, but we don't want to... <laughs> do that if we can help it. So being really disciplined about the, um, this is the behaviour I've noticed and this is the impact I'm seeing. Um, so the example I've got down here is, rather than saying something like, oh, you've, I've noticed you're really disengaged at discipleship group, which is a you are statement, I've noticed that you're not participating. And the impact of that is that we don't get to hear what God's doing on your life and so we all miss out um, because all of us have something to to offer and God's working in all of our lives. So see the difference? One is kind of a here's why it matters. The other's a bit more like feels like it's putting the behaviour or the problem back on the person. Be prepared to listen. Don't assume you have the whole picture or that the conversation will go you expect it the way you expect it to. Continue to rely on the Holy Spirit's leading. Um, so this is the humility piece again, that just because he's asked you to do step one doesn't mean that step two and three are going to necessarily look the way that you think they will. And that can I've seen that in both. You know, I've had things where I've been like, I do not want to raise this law. This is going to be really difficult and they're going to be really upset. And actually, bang, it's been a really easy conversation when I've assumed it was going to be hard. And I've had times where I've thought, oh, this is going to be fine and it's been dreadful and I've, <laughs> you know. Um, so don't assume that just kind of walk with them through it, right? And um, don't get 20 steps ahead. I think it's part of how he builds humility in all of us, right? There's the humility of having something brought to you, but there's also the humility of bringing it and not pretending you know more than you do. Respect the other person's choice. If they don't wish to continue the conversation at that time, respect that and seek their agreement to revisit and then I've just got to hear that for some people, just kind of who they are and how they're wired, they might need to take this in tranches. So, you know, you might have a bit of a chat and they have to then go away and process and come back. Um, and some people are just not ready to hear. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't have raised it. 
because sometimes it drips on a stone, right, that something needs to be raised a few times before they're actually in a position where they can hear it. Um, again, by this I don't mean as soon as someone gets a bit uncomfortable that we have to stop, but I mean where someone is really in that I do not want to talk about this anymore. I think there is a respect thing about going, okay, I, I do think I'm not backing down necessarily from what I'm saying here, but let's come back to it. Because at the end of the day, we're accountable for our choices and they're accountable for theirs. And then the next one says, don't judge the quality of the conversation by the other person's response. So again, just because they don't accept it doesn't mean you shouldn't have raised it. Um, But our role is to be faithful and trying to raise the things that um, the Lord's put on our heart to raise. And then I thought I'd put in, probably every time I talk about leadership, I will find a way to get this point in, (laughs) which is get comfortable being uncomfortable. So this, if you're leading, again, you're working in change, there will be resistance, you will have to go places with people that you'd rather not go. It's part of leadership. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> um, and in this, the context, I think, in particular, um, in this world where that matters, is that um, some of us are more comfortable than others dealing with strong emotions, And when you're having these kind of conversations, you will often get strong emotions. So when you're really pushing on something that's really, there's a real entanglement around, then the person's instinct will be to either fight you and say, back off, or to disengage from you completely. It's the fight or flight thing. Um, Sometimes you need to let that play through a bit. So again, don't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you break the person. But also, don't think that... um, just because they're crying or a bit upset or a bit wound up, that you need to stop the conversation for your own comfort. Because sometimes it is actually, it's because we're uncomfortable. Because um, we don't want somebody crying or whatever. So I think, you know, as we push into this more and more, it's just about going again, sensing does this need to continue and not letting yourself get in the way because it's getting awkward for you. And then this last bit I've got here, um, helping people take responsibility. So this is a particular thing that you tend to um, encounter, a pattern you often see when you're trying to um, address challenging behaviour. Particular, The more the entanglement, the, the more you'll see this typically. So a common barrier to people moving forward is that they do not want to take responsibility for their behaviour. When an aligning conversation arises, they may look to instead deflect with excuses for why they are powerless to change, blame others or you, or minimise the impact of their behaviour. So these are all ways that you'll see people go, oh, no, it's not really a problem, it's not really a big problem, there's a reason in my past why this can't be fixed, the kind of things you'll see. 
we can only move forward when we acknowledge the issue that's being raised. To support people to take responsibility for moving forward, um, the things it's useful to do, so there's a set of things that I've got down here. So the first, again, is this reminding them about the why. So I'm not raising this to be mean or to embarrass you or to be awkward. I'm raising this because the impact is that it's um, impacting on your growth in Christ. I can see that um, continuing this way is going to block you from coming into the fullness of who you are if you're in this kind of context. You know, often in a work context, it's like, look, we've got, it will still be about outcome or shared purpose. So look, we've got some um, things we need to achieve as a team and this kind of behaviour is cutting against it because it's distracting others from their work. Or actually I need someone else to play that role um, and you keeping holding on to it is meaning that we can't get to where we need to get to as a team. So again, reminding them of why. Why, why, why does it matter? Be empathetic and listen, but don't further disempower them by buying into their excuses. So what someone, somebody who's making excuses to not change is putting themselves into the position of a victim, right? I'm powerless. This is someone else's fault. I can't do anything about this. Um, so when you buy into that, then you're actually keeping them where they are. And they'll feel better for a bit because they're not going to have to take responsibility, but they won't get to where they need to get to. But do be empathetic and listen. So again, the, my raining down fire moments have usually been when I've kind of got to that point of like, no, 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 you know? And I think instead of that, I think it is now what I will usually do is I can, you know, I can see that would have been really hard for you. I can understand that. But you're actually hurting yourself if you keep letting what happened 10 years ago define your future. Because um, it will be true. And if it's something bad they're talking about, it probably is bad. But it's about going, do you want to live forwards or backwards? Um, so instead of buying into their excuses, the last point here is to support them to come to a place where they're thinking, what can I do to move forward? So what is the action that I can take? And then our role is to be with them in that. You know? So it's not a, it is a dance, it is a balance. It's not a, here's the problem, look, I've shown it to you, go and sort yourself out. It's a, I'm with you, you make the choice to change. I'll walk with you in that. Um, so I was just thinking about what's a really um, common example where I've seen this kind of thing happen and we, just to try and make it a bit more real. So I've often seen it play out in discipleship groups where there's somebody who um, isn't really contributing, for example, and you'll have a conversation and you'll be like, hey, I've just noticed that um, haven't heard much from you lately at discipleship group, what's going on? And you'll get these, oh, well, I'm, I'm more of a one-on-one person or, you know, I've been hurt before and I just, you know, don't really trust people. I'm just new and I've come to listen. You know, these series of excuses about why, um, why I can't, why it's okay for me to not. And it is about understanding that, especially for really shy and reserved people. It is hard for some people to talk in front of 10 people. But the truth is that we all have something to offer. And the truth is that you don't need to bear your soul on the first day. And the truth should be that actually 
we trust in God, not in each other. And so um, you don't need to trust everybody in this group to be able to share here. And so just about um, when you're having those conversations, just in my mind, I'm con- what's going on in my head is I'm like, how do I empower them to make a change here? I do that by not accepting those excuses, by understanding them but not accepting them as binding constraints and then going, what could you do, you know? Maybe just come next week with one thing you want to share and then from there hopefully it builds. Um, so I was trying to think, I was thinking if Danny were doing this, she'd have some cool little acronym or something. <laughs> and I didn't, mine isn't as cool as what hers would have been. But <laughs> um, what I came up with was C, S-E-E. So what we're trying to do in these conversations is help people to see that there's a different way in a sense, a different way of being to move forward. So the S was the support, that I'm with you in this. Um, I care, I want to see you grow. The first E was empathy. So this is the, even if I, I might not even understand, because I might not have had the experience that you're talking about, but I understand that it's hard for you. Um, and that things that are hard for me and things that are hard for you are different. So empathy, I can see that's hard for you. And the bottom E is empowerment, which is what we're going for here. The place of them going, what can I do, rather than the victim place of this is all because of somebody else, something else. So that's all what I had to say tonight.